Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Beyond Grid with me, Robert Young. So recently I had uh, my buddies in town uh, from the fire department. So they've been doing this, they tried to do it almost every year, um, but I think we've missed a, a few um, since moving down here. We've been down in North Carolina for 10 years. So the past couple of years, they've actually come with their spouses. So, you know, everybody's kids are getting a little bit older. They can stay at home or they're a little bit easier to watch. So now their spouses come down and I'm telling you, what a great weekend um, we have when they're in town. It's so much fun. And another thing is I'm totally grateful that they still come down and visit. Um, so when I was up in Michigan, I was on the fire department. I was a fireman paramedic for 16 years, but I bounced around. So I started in Rochester Hills as volunteer, then um, became full-time there, then moved there to Shelby Township. And then my last stop was Sterling Heights. Um, and even the other guys started in Bloomfield Township, then to Sterling Heights, another one. Dave was a Detroit fireman to Bloomfield Township to Sterling Heights. And then Chris, he was uh, Harrison Township and then over to Sterling Heights. So, it, you know, our paths met and there there is that brotherhood that you have within um, the fire department. And I'm so fortunate to have met these guys and we remain friends for over 20 years. Uh, our kids have grown up together. They're, they still live in Michigan. Um, Chris is retired. Dave's a captain uh, or soon to be captain. Um, Rich is soon to be captain. So they've moved up through the ranks in the fire department. Um, I miss it. I miss those days of being with them. Um, I miss fighting fires. That's one of the biggest things that I miss. But we still talk um, you know, whether it be every couple of weeks or we send texts, we always keep in touch, which is so awesome. When you move down here um, or you move away from your family and friends, you think that everybody's going to come and visit because why wouldn't they? It's it's something, something different. It's North Carolina. They, they should totally come and visit us. And you know what? They have lives and People have limited amount of time of vacation, and so you know, it doesn't. That does not happen. Um, but these guys have remained steady and true, and um, and I'm so grateful for them. We had a great time. The weather was perfect, um, and they're just so thankful to just come here and hang out. And uh, we reminisce about old times and laugh and just laugh and laugh. So, so much fun. Um, today's guest that uh, I have, his name is Jeremy Brown. Jeremy Brown um, was off the hook. I mean, he was so much fun to sit down and talk to. Um, the guy has just such a big, bold positive attitude towards everything. Um, he's a three-time Ironman finisher, marathon runner, kayak shark fisher, uh, mountain climber. Um, and most importantly, though, he is uh, a father, a husband, uh, a coach, and he, he's a good friend. Um, and in his words, he likes to live life loud. And he does live life loud, and, and his sense of adventure um, is just 
great. I, I loved sitting there and, and talking with him. And one of the cool things about this podcast, starting this podcast, we can sit down. And I thought, well, we're going to have episodes and they're going to be a half hour. And I mean, sitting with people, we're running into 45 minutes, an hour, crushing, we're going over an hour. Um, but it's great. So one of his biggest things is he is a mental mastery coach. And whether that be in the business world or in the sports world, um, that's what he tries to train and guide people and help people, um, teach them the, the power of vulnerability. You know, people are they're so guarded and that's half the reason they don't do the things that they really want to do because they're scared of failure. Um, you to, to really get out there and to really succeed is being vulnerable and putting yourself out there, taking that risk. And along the way, you don't have to do it all on your own. You can ask for help. And there's so many people out there that will help you. Um, he delves into the importance of, you know, cutting out the negativity and cutting out negative people in your life. And I have to say, once I did that, and once I started doing that, all of a sudden, you know, you become a different person. And that was very important, even for me in my life. Um, and you have to surround yourself with people and they will help you and positive people will help you determine the course of of your life and your future. Um, it goes about just talking about how the mind is so powerful in wanting you to quit and how you just have to overcome that. Um, he's got some really cool projects coming up. Um, JB inspires. I can't wait to check that out. Um, I'm a little jealous on that one. I think it's super cool what he's going to do. Um, but Sit back, get your coffee, get your tea, get your water, um, and listen to the podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Take care. sitting down with me today absolutely i'm at a standing desk does that matter do i need to be sitting nope i want to make nope. sure that i'm i'm <laughs> no, I'm, at a standing I'm not desk. at a standing desk are you i was like wow <laughs> that's pretty good like wow that whiteboard's really high behind you then <laughs> no <laughs> i appreciate really the uh, the inter- i appreciate the introduction and the and the welcome in um you know you said all that and i sit here and i cringe i never like to hear the things that i do but i did yeah. recognize as you're talking through that i'm like wow I will basically put content anywhere that it's free to put content. That's what I just yes. realized. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't have to pay to put it out, I'm putting it there. So yes, I do all those things <laughs> and yeah. then some. So what are you doing now? So what's what's uh, what's your day? What's what's driving you now? You know what's yes. going on? So, you know, I've been an endurance coach for uh, I guess about eight years now. I've been an endurance athlete for about ten years now, and and that's my bread and butter. That's where I really. Uh, I, I found my passion for endurance sports and then ultimately for the mental side of, of life. Um, and, and that's my, that's my baby for sure. We've got a large, large organization. We've got 12 coaches that work for us. We've got about 120 to 130 athletes to do anything from 
a 5k all the way up to an Ironman or uh, crazier things, believe it or not, there are, there are things out there that are crazier, but, um, you know, that, that honestly, the coaching aspect is very much an art form. The science is the science of it. You know, the physiology doesn't really change the technology changes. And so I, I got to a point where I was like, well, this is fun, but it's kind of, it is what it is. You know, I enjoy coaching athletes, but there's more to life that I have to offer. And so that's when I really dug deep into the, into the mental space. And I want to be able to impact the lives of, of anybody. And so, for example, one of my target, I guess, clients, if you will, or, or audience would be my mother. And I realized that when I put out content two years ago for the mental mastery podcast, and my mom sent me a message because I give, it's a two minute podcast. And then as the week goes on, that's just thoughts for you to think about. And my mom messaged me on a Friday and basically repeated back what I had said in the podcast. My eyes opened up and I was like, holy shit, like, wow, that impacted my mom who I want to motivate. I want to inspire and I want to make proud. Yeah. And so for me, that was a really an, an aha moment that, hang on, maybe there's something more, more to this. And so fast forward to where I'm at now, I actually just launched or I'm launching, I had a branding meeting a little while ago, launching JB Inspires. And so it's kind of like a, a personal branding thing that is going to essentially encompass. I realize everything that I do in life is some type of inspiration. So uh, Mind Right Endurance, I'm inspiring people to go and exercise, be more fit, do crazy epic things. Mental Mastery, I'm inspiring people to just think a little bit differently, make a few habit changes and ultimately change their lives. Uh, and then uh, I do some leadership development stuff. I've spoken to uh, an Air Force unit a couple times, and I realized that all I'm doing is inspiring leaders to become better. And mm -hmm. so I realized that what what else is there? There's there's JB Inspires. And like I said, that, that's my day. That's what I've been working on a lot here recently is how to grow that brand and be able to to reach more and more people. And so for me, ultimately, it's just about every single day. I don't I don't have a schedule. I don't really follow a calendar, uh, which is a good thing that you said, hey, this day, this time, could you be available? Let me put that in there because I want to make sure that I'm free for yeah. the Beyond Grit podcast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my day is pretty much in flux. I wake up sometimes and go, oh, today I need to do this. Not all yeah. the time, but seat of the pants type life. That's good. That's good. So how does that um, equate to... Um, so uh, one of your biggest things is setting goals and, and having goals and people, um, think that when I set goals, I need to have a path and I need to be very stringent with my time every single day. And, and you're, you're big on goals and you're big on making a plan to execute those goals, but you're, you kind of live your life and you do what you got to do and eventually you get there, correct? Yeah. And that's a, that's a great point. Goals are ultimately what make or break our success as a human being. Like they ultimately, it, it, it that is a direct deposit or withdrawal from your psychological bottom line, right? Mm -hmm. If you set a goal and accomplish it, you're on cloud nine, you feel good. But if you improperly set a goal and you miss it, whether you didn't put in the time or and prioritize it or whatever it is, it withdraws from your psychological well-being and your, and your mental health. So yes, goals are absolutely vitally important. Uh, and I've been working hard on those for the past couple of years in talks and goal setting boot camps and things like that. Um, and so for me, yes, I know what I want to do. I've got a, uh, for my life, I've got a rough outline of what the, the painting looks like, but my rough outline is not a paint by numbers. It's more of like an abstract, you know, craziness. Oh, we'll just throw a color here, throw a color here, throw a color here. But I've, I've owned some type of business or been in an entrepreneurial mindset since I was the age of 12. When I started my first business, quote unquote business, 
which was a, a little lawn mowing company, uh, which my dad taxed extremely heavily, but, um, <laughs> so much. So I look back now and I'm like, this is no, I was, no, I was being hazed. That was not. <laughs> and so, um, so for me, I know what it's, I know what the outcome is going to be, but I allow myself because I understand how I function. I allow myself the freedom to kind of move as it comes to me. And as the day goes on, I, I don't, I, I try not, unless I have to, I try not to force a lot of things because, when I am organic and natural and vulnerable and exposed and, and open, more good comes out and the closer I get to my goal. But if I am very rigid and structured, you got to do this. For me, that just has never really, it's never really propelled me in the direction of my goals. So yes, everybody should have goals except for me. Yes. Right? <laughs> and I love that. I love that because, um, okay, so do you do um, some type of psychological test on your clients? Um, before they start, you know, like a profile or a disc or something like that to see what type of person they are and how they function, you know, and how they I do work. not, honestly, I do not. So, so if we look back where I started with, was it the athletes? I don't, because I, I believe that I believe I have somewhat of a gift in terms of, I can pretty much tell you quite a lot about a person in the first few minutes of getting a chat with them based on body language, based on facial, based on a lot of different stuff and things that people want to tell you, but don't tell you can be read in their body language. So if I'm face to face with somebody, I've got a pretty good idea of, of what they're about. I've missed, I've absolutely mm -hmm. missed on that kind of evaluation, but ultimately my position as a, as a coach initially with my right endurance people respect that title. When you think about the coaches in your life, whether it's at your CrossFit box or it's a baseball coach as a kid, coaches hold or should be held into a, a higher regard. And so you have, a, have this respect for coaches. And so it's easier for me to get access to what goes on in here with some people. So I get a better read on them very quickly. Now, there are times to where I have to spend two, three, four weeks of earning your trust to get access to that. But ultimately the athletes that I personally work with, um, uh, it's, it's, it's easier to access what's going on in there because I put them into stressful situations quite a bit with their, their training and their fitness. And so you can see it, you get exposed pretty quickly. You know, that, yeah. that acid rain eats away on that rock and you get, you get exposure of what the actual nucleus of that rock is relatively quickly. Yeah. And I, and I love, I love how you equated back, you know, and, and how you plan out your day and your, your goals, because that's kind of how I am. And in a lot of sense, I, I know where I want to go. And I know the steps that it takes to get there. And I kind of do the same thing. I like, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And it may not be all strict and laid out and time blocked and, and this and that, but I'm, I'm getting to step one to two to three to four to five. And, you know, but I've had coaches along the way, you know, and, um, and I'm coachable and I like it. And sometimes people yeah, need that. Good you know, yeah, and they need that. Absolutely. And the last one that I just had, um, a good buddy of mine. So he already knew me, um, from Winrate consulting. And I, and I sat down with him and I said, Hey, when you go to a lot of realtors and their coaches and they're like, make 50 phone calls a day. And if you do this and go send out these cards, I said, I don't want to do that. I, and I said, I need you to show me ways of doing it and being successful without doing that. And you know what? He laid it down and we put things out and I went from probably A all the way up to P, you know, and and a short span of time because one, because I'm coachable and two, because I trusted him and I followed his direction. And that's for how to be yeah. as a coach, 
and having other so your coach you have other people that trust you enough to coach underneath you and then you have all the athletes that trust you and are growing so that's got to be pretty awesome feeling as a person they're all a bunch of crazies and they've got no idea what they're getting themselves into (laughs) (laughs) no you know you said that i think the biggest key is to be coachable as as a as a human right not just as Mm -hmm. an athlete or as an entrepreneur but but as a spouse and as a parent and you know, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a father myself. And so listen, I can't raise my oldest daughter and speak and communicate to her the same way that I do my middle daughter or to my oldest stepson. I, I can't communicate that way to all of them. And so I think that's the beauty of being a coach or being anyone in a mentorship position or a leadership position is you have to understand how to effectively communicate one message to 10 different people who hear different things, who have different experiences, who have different ethnic backgrounds, who have different, you know, everything. Yeah, And so I think that even not just in the coaching world, but just in communicating with people, which is what you do in real estate, in mm-hmm. human interaction and communication, I am mesmerized by that. How can I take, which is why I love the coffee chats I do in the podcast and things like that. It's like, how can I take this one message and wrap it in a bow and give it to 10 different people? And it, when they open it, it's the message they need to hear. I'll never yeah. do that. But the, the, the psychology and the pursuit of that, how to effectively communicate a message uh, is is vitally important because I can either inspire you to go and do great things, or I can tear you down and put you into a bad spot just yeah. with my words. Yeah, and that's something I, I hold in high high regard in my in my coaching, my mentoring, my leadership speaking, my public speaking. I hold that in very high regard. How to have the right word to stay at the right moment at the right time, which is impossible. That's a yeah. that's a task that I'll never accomplish. You just hope to do the best you can and, and try hard, basically. Well, you're not gonna you're not gonna hit everybody every single day, right? But your goal is to put something out there that affects some people this day, some people this day, and they they keep coming back. But it's a thought, and and I really like it. You know, waking up in the morning and and there's that thought of hey, you know, I can do this, or um, it's a it's a sense of inspiration. But you're putting it out there, and like I said, you're you're, you're not going to hit everybody, but you may hit them the next time. And yep. you keep going and, and that's great. And I, and I love it. Well, you know, and as you say that, that is exactly why I started the JB inspires because I could take mental mastery and I could pound that in the ground. We have a coffee chat every Monday morning at seven 30 AM. It lasts about 10 minutes. People walk away from that zoom call or that Twitch call or Twitch video. And they go, huh? Okay. I'm going to do something with that this week. The other half of people don't. So we are motivated when we are vulnerable enough to be inspired and motivated. And so I realized that, that I'm, not, I'm not reaching the, the, t- the amount of people I need to reach all the time if I'm always saying, hey, be better, push harder, set better goals, because it's only going to be two people out of 10 or two people out of 50 that are going to be in the moment ready for that. And so I started JB Inspires, and it's going to be things like traveling. We're gonna, we travel every summer. My wife's a professor. I want to share the places that we go to allow people to see, hey, there's cool places out there you can go check out right here within a five-hour drive of your house, right? Or, you know, it's going to be the the coffee chat stuff, or it's going to be, who knows? I've got all kinds of stuff planned for it, but I just, I want to make sure that I'm reaching the most people so that when they're ready for the motivational stuff, it's there for them. And I'm I'm kind of their go-to resource for that little pick-me-up. And that's cool. So, so I'm going to, let's roll things right and take go in reverse. Um, so how were you growing up? So where'd you, where'd you, where'd you grow up? What's kind of your life story to get you to where you are right now? And what were some of the things that one, 
some of your failures, um, some of your inspirations uh, that got you to where you are today. So you know, the real, was, who's the real Jeremy Brown? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I've done a lot of searching in the last two years for that, believe it or not. Um, and obviously I, you know, I think it's, uh, Matthew McConaughey said, you know, they asked him when he was 25, who, who he wanted to be. And he said himself when he was 35, it's kind of like that for me, because it's, I want to be whoever I'm going to end up being down the road. And so looking way back, I think I was a good kid, but I had, I had, <laughs> I had a, a tendency and a tenacity for mischief. And it was always like, it was always stupid stuff I got in trouble for. It's like, why the hell would you even do that? You know better, right? Yeah. Uh, and so ultimately, fast forward through all my youth, I played baseball. Uh, I was an athlete. My parents supported me greatly. Dad worked a lot. Mom, uh, mom, I, I say mom to help raise me. Um, our mom kind of raised me to an extent. That's not completely true, but uh, I look back now and reflect on that. But um, fast forward to high school, I got kicked out of ninth grade because I took uh, wine out of my out of my mom's fridge or my, my parents' refrigerator, and I took it to school on the school bus and gave it to a buddy, and he lifted it up and proclaimed, "This doesn't look like Barge Cream Soda." <laughs> Drink of it, and the bus driver goes, "Ah, bring that to me." That was that was the start of the downfall. Ah, okay. Back when I was, which you sit here as an adult and you go, "What the hell were you thinking?" <laughs> right? Yeah. I look back now, and I'm 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 actually working with a good friend of ours, Olin Lester. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working with him on writing a book now because I look back now and I go, that's what had to happen to me. That was needed in my life to adjust my course and my path. And so, but upon reflection, you know, hindsight's 2020 and I'm still going blind, right? I look back and I'm going, that's exactly what had to happen. So that happened, uh, about age 10 or 11, I distinctly remember telling my dad in a, I'm from Frankfort, Kentucky. I didn't tell you that. So I'm, I'm up North a little bit. Um, and we were driving to Smoky mountains. So down to Pigeon Forge area, which is kind of down your direction. Yep. And uh, we would go there once every two or three years for family vacation. And we were driving down. And I distinctly remember telling my dad I wanted to join the Army. And he kind of laughed at me, you know, because I, I'm, I'm from the era of go to college, you're going to be a worthless adult, right? That's okay. kind of the, the aura that was put out there. And and so, you know, he kind of laughed, whatever. And, and so at age 17, I joined the Army. Uh, I went in, did all that fun stuff. I did not meet Mr. Lester until well after that, believe it or not. Um, but... Fast forward on, did that, came away from that, ended up being married with two kids by the time I was 22, uh, 20, yeah, 22. So very, very early, had my third kid before I was 25. So escalated pretty quickly, which is how yeah, things go in my life. It, it, it escalates <laughs> quickly uh, or it burns in flames quickly, which is a good thing. But, um, and so looking back now, I, I recognize that that's what I needed at that point in my life. I needed the grounding effect of children. And uh, my, my oldest daughter is 16. Her sister, my, my middle daughter, is uh, 15, and my son is 12. So okay. they're basically grown. They need to get jobs, get the hell out of the house. But that's neat. that's a different discussion. <laughs> um, but um, so I needed that at that point in my life. So moving on, you know, I, I a very profound, a very profound moment for me that I think my my buddy didn't realize at that point in time that really shaped my life was uh, I was fishing uh, high level bass fishing and we're fishing in a tournament with my, my old fishing partner. And I asked, him, I said, you know, Hondo is his nickname. I said, Hondo, why do you always catch more fish than me? Cause I was pissed. I wasn't doing well that day. Mm-hmm. And he just said, boy, you got to get your mind right. I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? We're out here fishing. What are you using? How are we doing it differently? It, it never said it ever sank in at that point in time. Looking back now, that was probably one of, two or three profound moments in my life that really impacted me later. 
And the reason being is because I recognize the true power of what's right here. It's not just a hat rack, right? What's up on what's on top of those shoulders. And so, you know, early on failures would ultimately have to be, would have to be the, the high school incident. You know, I had, I had terrible grades. I specifically remember hiding my report card on the, on the school bus because my grades were so bad. My parents knew the report card was coming out, but yeah. I left it on the school bus. I hit it. I'm a dumbass because we lived on a dead end road. So mom sure as all get out, stopped the bus on the way back, marched my ass on that bus and made me get that in front of all my friends. <laughs> I had to pull it out of the seat. Right. Again, not the, not the brightest. We, always, the we thought we were being so slick. So slick, man. And I was good. Our kids sometimes. Oh, <laughs> uh, sometimes I, I just kind of look away. I'm yep. like, it's not gonna kill them. Just look away. Yeah, yeah. But I, that's I, funny. My stepson, oh, my, uh, my stepson, uh, he's very much like me. Very much like me. He's ten years old, and I don't know about a year ago he did something. I pulled him to the side. And I put my armor around him. I said, "Buddy," I said, "Let me tell you a secret." I said, "You will never do anything or think about anything that I've not already done." So no. I'm not dad. I'm not a stepdad. I'm not dad is what they call me. Yeah. And uh, know that not dad's always at least two steps ahead of you. So yeah. before you do anything, really think about it because I've, I've walked that path, buddy. I've walked that path. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, you know, that was definitely a, a profound failure, if you will, which to me is a, a catalyst and a foundation. Um, the other one that comes to mind immediately right now is about four, about five years ago. So as an entrepreneur, you can appreciate this. About, I guess, five years ago now, uh, I convinced my, my wife, uh, I was, I'm remarried, I convinced my wife, uh, we need to start a spin studio. We had been in the endurance space, she's a multiple, like, five-time Ironman finisher, and we thought, you know what, South Houston, great area, it's a, it's a great suburb, there's not a spin studio here, and I said, we need to start a spin studio. So, um, because she believes in me more than I believe in me, sometimes she pulled $30,000 out of her uh, re- retirement account and said, hey, mm-hmm. let's start it, and I was like, okay, oh, we're boy. starting it. Yep. <laughs> oh boy. And so, uh, we found a little space, we started it, we got it going and we had, uh, the lease agreement worked out relatively well for us. And, uh, we had about nine months to make it work before we were going to be big time trouble. And, uh, at about month six, she said, we're done. It's just not growing. It's not doing, it's not anything. I sat down and built out a business plan and a pro forma and expense. I mean, it was everything ready to go. What I failed, and I, I'm forever the optimist, 90% optimist, 10% pessimist. And I kept telling her, I'm going to hang on. We're going to hang on. Literally two days before our lease was, was due to be paid for the next month, I'm unloading up a U-Haul truck with all of our spin bikes and all of our equipment. Two days before, I was going to wait until the boat was underwater yeah. and then swim up and away from it. And uh, what I recognize now, I look back and I said, man, I completely misjudged because i'm surrounded by fitness nerds i'm surrounded by fit people Mm -hmm. i misjudged the common sedentary americans drive for fitness at that level it's not a bad thing there are other spin studios that just crush it in houston but our suburb is a commuter suburb and people leave there to go and work in the medical center in downtown and they commute back they do their family thing they eat dinner they go to bed I'm surrounded by people that wake up at 4.15 in the morning to get their workout in before getting the kids up, before going to work. And in my head, that's how a lot of people would be. We'd open it up and they would come. Okay. I look back now and I recognize that I missed that by a lot. And, and my wife still loathes the thought of what we did and yeah. absolutely despises uh, any reference to that era of our life. That's the season of our life. But for me, I look at that and I go, man, that was a great lesson in failing. Yeah. You got to Cuz that's a big fail. Oof. When you you're yeah. pulling money like that and I don't mean it in a bad way, 
But when you're taking a risk and people take risks all the time and some work and some, some don't, but you learn from that, right? Absolutely. And so I went back and I reevaluated every business opportunity I had in front of me. I reevaluated every, the way I run my current companies. I looked at all that and said, how can I make this better? Am I, am I not able to see the forest for the trees? Am I blind? Do I have blind spots in certain places, which really helped initially set the structure and framework for the scaling of mind ride endurance? Because I recognize that just because I'm driving the ship, doesn't mean I can see 360 degrees around me. I don't have that, that full 360 degree security. I'm only mm-hmm. seeing, you know, uh, uh, 90 degrees right now. I, that's all I can see. I can just yeah. see this little, this little pie shape. And so I started, you know, uh, started kind of a mentorship program, put some people in position and helped them to grow. So ultimately that was a huge lesson. And, and that humble pie was not very good tasting, mm-hmm. not very good tasting, but it, it, it left that taste in your mouth to where you go never again. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. And then, so that's where the mind right endurance is that when you started that? No, that was already going. I was actually running oh. three businesses okay. at that point in time. One was a, a cryotherapy business that I started with a couple friends. Um, and then one was United Fitness. And then mind right was already established and, and also going at the same time. So, it, so if, if we just listen to what he just said at how many different things that you've started and what you're going and, and having the, the, the balls to jump out there and start stuff. And some things are going to work and some things aren't going to work, but you're never going to know unless you get out there and do it, get out of your own way. Yep. And, and metaphorically speaking, in, in my point of view, uh, from my perspective, if you're in a situation, because what I hear a lot when I talk to people who are interested in starting something or interested in going or interested in, in, in branching off on their own, if you don't have the money to make something happen, then you have to have the balls. You either have to go out and, and, and find the capital to get it started, mm-hmm. or you got to start even lower than ground level and build up from there. Right? My ride is just that. Right? It, is, it literally started. It was, a, it was a part-time job for a long time. And so it's grown into what it is today, which I'm extremely proud of. And it, it, it humbles me daily because it's like, man, the, the impact we're having on people's lives, the epic shit that people do and ask us to help them is, is it's inspiring to me. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just a cycle, but you gotta, you know, and I, I think my hope was when COVID happened last year and it shut everything down, my hope was that the extended amount of time we were spending with ourselves, with our direct family and working from home for most people that people would have said, Hey, I've got a really great job and I love it. Hey, my job sucks ass. Why am I still doing this? Mm-hmm. Or I've got a really great marriage and I love it. My marriage sucks ass. I got to work on it. Right. Yeah. I was hope my, my hope coming from that extreme circumstance that it gave people the time and removed all distractions. You're not commuting to work. You're waking up, drinking coffee, sitting at your desk with your little button up shirt on and a pair of shorts, probably. <laughs> and you're getting stuff done. But then you realize, man, is my life fulfilling? is what I'm doing fulfilling. You don't have to have money to create opportunity. Now, money helps create opportunity, but if you've got the drive and you've got the focus, you've got the determination and you've got the resiliency, you can absolutely make anything possible happen. I don't care what it is. Come at me if you disagree with me because if if you want it bad enough, it may take you longer than you want it. That's the other piece to this. It may take you longer than you want it to take, but it can be made possible. Yeah. Yeah, patience is a big thing. And that's, you know, in a lot of my podcasts, you'll, you'll hear that too. The people need to be patient. It's not Instagram, you know, famous, right. There's patience behind it to build something solid. 
Can I get that delivered in two days though? Can I get success yeah. in an Amazon box in two days? Oh, man, I wish. <laughs> we call it Amazon. This is damn amazing. The best thing, you know, the best thing has happened to me in the past two months. I got locked out of my Amazon account. You know how much oh, money I'm saving? Tons. It's ridiculous. Tons. How much, stuff, how much stuff shows up on your doorstep and you're going, what the hell was it? You ordered it two days ago, buddy. You have yeah. no idea what's in that box. No. I, mean, I walk by it every day. And I'm actually, <laughs> lately, it's so damn funny. It's kind of keys back to that, that I walk by the door every single day. You know, it's Pavlov's dog. And about four o'clock, I go by the door. And I'm like, oh, there's nothing there. Huh. Saving money. Saving money. Oh, there's nothing there. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. It's amazing. Uh, man. But that's, you know, that's awesome. And, you know, and I worked through that whole mindset with starting this podcast. So I always used to hide behind the I'm a perfectionist, you know, and and that's why I don't do this because I'm a I'm a perfectionist. No, it was because one, I wasn't confident in what I was going to do. And two, I wanted it to be perfect on episode one. Well, you know what? It's not going to be perfect on episode Bro. one, it, but it's getting better and better and better. And people need to know that. And through time and over time and, and, oh, this sounded like crap. So I'm going to change this. And my wife is my best critic, you know, and, and she will tell me to do this and do that. And you know what? I'm coachable and I listen to her. That's right. And, and uh, it's your but, wife. If you don't listen, there are bigger problems than a terrible podcast. Huge, huge. <laughs> so, so, you know, so you, you said that I've got over 200 podcasts out there right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And you've sold, you've been selling real estate for a while. Your very first sale that you completed, I guarantee you was atrocious compared to the way you conduct business now. hundred percent. That's who you were then. You didn't know the paperwork. You didn't understand certain things and you had to figure it out kind of as you went. And so are you a much better you know, home salesman now for the client? Possibly. Yeah. You've learned and grown a lot, but that doesn't mean you were any less for that very first person. That's just who you were in that season of your life. So yeah. over 200 podcasts out. And the more I do, the less I give a shit about the production of it. I swear to you, I don't go back and edit anything. Yeah. So I, the very first podcast I ever had was called Performance on Demand. And I worked with a sports psychologist and, uh, and he was a go through and cut out every pause, every click, every lip smack, every um, every everything. The post-production on that, I'm like, I'll never do a podcast because I'm not about that life. Like, it's literally yeah. stop, upload. I'll check and make sure audio levels are good, and then it's upload. I'm done with it, right? Yeah. And I think that we get so hung up, and I think you're a great example. Like, we get so hung up on finding the reasons we can't do something than actually understanding why we can. So I was doing a run yesterday with my, my wife and my, my stepson. He was doing this asynchronous school thing they're doing. And we're running along and, and I'm trying to teach him. He's 12 and he wants to go to West Point. Uh, and he is okay. a sure, he's a sure kid. Like, hey, do you want, you want peanut butter for dinner tonight? Sure. Nah, bro. Listen, it's yes or no. Like, I don't care which one, just pick one, right? So we're working on him. So we're out there doing this run and he has this thing to where he has this aversion to pain. When it starts to be uncomfortable, he backs off. When it starts to suck, he backs off. If he thinks it's going to be hard, he backs off. So we're running yesterday. And I'm, I'm uh, admittedly skull dragging him because listen, I, these kids are going to, they're going to beat me one day, whether it's basketball or whatever it is, but they mm -hmm. are going to have to bleed to do it. Just like Steve Prefontaine said, they are yep. going when they, and when they do it, they're going to go, Oh my God, I just did that. Not you handed me this all these years. I literally will put their basketball. If we're playing basketball, I will put the ball in the gutter of the neighbor's house. If they come to the lane too weak, I don't care. Right. Yeah. And so call it rough, call it what you will. But when they finally understand 
understand how to get that shot around me, they're going to feel success and elation and, and pride in themselves. So we're running yesterday and I look back and, and we're running, you know, say eight minute mile. Right. And I look back and, and these kids are athletes. He's got his hand like down his low abdomen, right above his hip bone. I know what he's got. He's got a side stitch. Or he's got yeah. some type of cramp. Yeah. I look back and I see him starting to drift off of me. And I, all I yelled was, bro, don't find the reason to stop. It's there. I guarantee you, you just keep running. And so I, I just kept reminding him, stop looking for the reason to not do it. Stop looking for the excuse to not do it. Find the reason you can do it. Find the reason you will do it. Find the reasons to do it. If we, and it's hard to do, if we find that in our lives, you find the way and the path to complete something, instead of wasting all that damn energy on the path and reasons you can't do something, you're going to do crazy mind-blowing things. I guarantee it. I, yeah. I watch people do epic things in fitness and in exercise every single year. Had a guy run 200 miles in 55 hours this last year. 200 Jeez. miles of running. He's a psycho. It was his seventh attempt at it, right? Uh. He got into 160 miles before, and that was his failure, right? I watch people do epic stuff. I watch people lose 30 pounds and complete their first 5K. You, they have to find the reason to do it. There's always, always, always way more reasons to not do something, just like perfectionism, right? Yeah. There's always 100%. something yep. that's going to keep you from doing it. Yeah, and that's all it is. It's, it's, it, it became a term to hide behind. And I was like, I'm not hiding behind that anymore. I'm putting myself out there and here it is. That was another thing, you know, with, with real estate, I, I believed that I had to be somebody that really I wasn't right. Um, I had to do this or talk like this or wear this. And once I, I finally got behind of who I am so much easier, then you start attracting the people that really want to work with you. There's people that just, yeah. Yes. It's the organic relationships when you are yeah. open in yourself and Hey, take me as I am. So one lesson I did, I did, you just reminded me of when I was a kid. So we, we were probably lower middle-class, you know, we didn't struggle, but we, I didn't have the Tommy Hilfiger jeans. I didn't have the nice Jan sport backpack. I didn't have any of that as a kid. We just never had that. And so as a kid growing up in, in kind of a rural community, um, it was, it was always the preppy or popular kids that had that stuff. And so mm -hmm. that always aided me always. And I remember I got made fun of one day in middle school and I came home crying, upset. And my mom told me, she said, listen, when you finally learn when somebody's doing that and you just look at them and you say, if you don't like what I'm wearing or who I am, you don't have to look at me. That was so freeing to me because if you don't like the words that I'm saying, that's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to outwardly offend you, but if you don't like the words I'm saying, you don't have to agree with me. That's cool. You don't like the production quality of my podcast. That's okay. Now, how can I get better? Because we want to drive to get better, but right. it's okay. Like, I, it is not my responsibility to worry about the expectations and thoughts other people have about me. That's not my job. That's not my life. Yeah. It's not my job or responsibility to give a shit about what other people think. I'm going to do what I think is right in the moment for the right reasons and let it be what it is. Yeah, and, ha and it's okay to have the conversation, right? of this person believes in this and I believe in this. And why can't we have a conversation? We can't have a conversation anymore nowadays. Oh, it's no. all so very stringent on one side and to the other side. And I don't care what it is. It's, it could be, you know, what your favorite, you know, beer is. It, but, 
but nobody can well, kind of hang on, hang on. You better, you better not be drinking any shit beer like Bud Light. We will. No, have I don't drink that. Yeah. Okay. You mean talk okay. okay. Just make sure. <laughs> no. And we're done Disgusting. here. Stop recording. Click. No, I wish, I wish beer wasn't so good. When beer was Coors Light, you know, it was like, okay, I'll have a beer no, every no now big and deal. then. No, no big deal. Now beer tastes really good. And now it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but, but to have that conversation and, you know, and for me to walk away and say, yeah, that's cool. But I, I don't agree with that, but that's cool that you do. Um, I don't understand why we can't go back to that, why we have to be so stringent to each other and, you know, and so unforgiving. Um, it just baffles. baffles well, with, me. with, with anything else, with anything else in life, anything extreme is bad. Anything in life. It could be beer. It could be tacos. It could be opinions. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. Once you get on that extreme end, it becomes really, really tough. And I, I think if more people, if we live by the golden rule, do unto others, or even, even better than that, if we live by the golden rule of just be a good person, be a good human, yeah, and develop yourself, how many people are so willing to look and go, oh, Robert's podcast, his audio is fucking terrible. Oh, man, he, yeah, whatever. He's posting on these platforms. Who cares? Who cares? Live your life. I don't, I don't look in my neighbor's house across the street and go, God, that couch is ugly. Yeah. But with – with the advancement of social media and everything else, like we can look at other people's couches and go, your couch is ugly. Yeah. Okay. Well then you get your ass off my couch and we'll have no problem here. Yeah. Right? But they like it. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing, that you know, for, for every loudmouth out there, there's 10 people that are like, you know, more than 10 people that are like, oh, this sounds pretty good. And you just got to cut it, cut it out. And, you know, and people need to learn Sorry to, to interrupt you. No, uh, people need to learn how to cut that negativity out of their life and, and cut the negative people out of their life. And once you start removing those people from your life and replacing them with good people, it's amazing. One, how you wake up in the morning and how you feel, because you're going to surround yourself with people that are are good, happy, kind, you know, that you relate to. And once people can learn to do that, game changer, game changer. Well, and let's talk about vulnerability for just a second. So mm-hmm. I did, I did this, uh, the resilience project and one of the topics in there was vulnerability. And this is something that, uh, I, my eyes were opened by, by Brene Brown, who wrote, um, she wrote a couple books and what it opened my eyes to was how powerful being vulnerable is, right? The problem is is that our lack of ability to smartly judge other people has really impacted that. So, so Robert, I let you in my life. We become, we become BFFs mm-hmm. and I let you in on a secret and say, man, I'm, I'm really scared about this upcoming something. You then go and tell three other people that I'm being a little baby about whatever it is. And it gets back to me. That is a violation of my trust, but I put you in that circle. So if you surround yeah. yourself, like you're saying, if you look around at your tight circle, your, your three to five people that you can tell anything to in the entire world, and they're the people that's going to help you bury the body, metaphorically mm-hmm. speaking, because I don't need yep. help with that. I, I got a shovel. But um, <laughs> they're the people that would help you bury the body, not the people that would go and tell the world on you, right? Yeah. Those people are there for a reason. They're the ones who are going to help you to open up and become more vulnerable because you can trust them. They're not going to violate that trust. The problem is, is we're terrible judges of people. 
in that capacity. We're quick to judge somebody for what they wear, what their opinion is, what their vaccination level is, all that crap. Yeah. But we're not quick enough to judge them. Do they earn a seat at my table? Do they earn the right to vote in my personal election? Do they earn the right to do that? If they do, then that allows you to become more open and vulnerable, which then opens up opportunities. Yeah. Right? So you and I, in theory, are competing in the space of podcasting. Yep. Right. In theory, you're running a podcast. If I were a real estate agent, we'd be competing, but we don't have to bash each other. Right. No. We don't have to do that. And I deal with this in the endurance coaching space uh, a lot. I, I don't anymore now that we've grown to a certain level, but early on, it was a bunch of fish underneath of the big sharks, just cleaning up the scraps and just biting each other. And it's that, it's that distinction. I'm sure it's like that in the real estate market where you get somebody who says something about somebody. There's, there's always that. Um, little known fact, I'm about halfway through my real estate license and I got distracted, but, um, yeah. and so, so, you know, if we spent more time lifting those up around us, instead of putting them down, a rising tide lifts all ships. Yep. So with my, with my coaching business, you'll never, ever hear me say anything bad about another coach ever. They all have yeah. their place. Every real estate agent is different. Every motivational speaker is different. Every podcaster is different. You and I can do the same podcast on vulnerability or empowerment or whatever. We're going to have two different perspectives from two different experience levels that are going to impact different people. They may cross a little bit, but I'm not coming at you because you're not direct competition and you're not coming at me because we realize that we can actually help people. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what I give a shit about. That's what yeah. I care the most about. So, no. so we got to make sure that we put the right people around us to help us lift that tide because then we're all going to win. If everybody yeah. wins, it's a good day. We're all good. Yep. hundred percent. So, all right. So what about, what are some of the, so we're going to, we're going to switch gears and I want to talk about the crazy shit you've done. And because I might need some info, you know, inspiration to do some, but you're doing, your triathlons and your endurance races. What do you do outside of that? Um, I mountain bike, um, I CrossFit, I hike. Um, I like to do all of those things. Um, what else do you get you going jumping you, out of airplanes? I know for, for the, for the record, for all your listeners, you may be the first person that's ever said the word CrossFit that did not use vegan in the same sentence. I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, um, so, uh, man, you know what? I I just live life loud, right? Uh -huh. I literally, so so my wife and I, we started this YouTube channel for our summer trip. So she's a professor uh, at a local college, uh, and I own a couple businesses so we can go on the road. She's off during the summer. And I was thinking, I was like, man, how do I... I don't, this isn't about me. Hey, look at us. Look at my Lamborghini. Look at my glamorous life. I want people to see the experiences that I go through, the things that I get to do to inspire them to maybe chase a little harder, whatever it is they're chasing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, ultimately, I mean, obviously we love to hike. Uh, we love trail running. We love I, triathlon is a, it's kind of a lost love for me. I've done, I don't know, two or three Ironmans now. And uh, I've ridden my bike 200 miles in one day. I've done 200 K hundred kilometer trail runs. Uh, we're doing a 50 K here in a couple of weeks that I should probably start running for. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, ultimately I do anything that is going to put me into a situation where I have to rely on something other than God given talent. I look yeah. for things that are going to stretch me because I know that when I break, I learn, I grow. When I am torn down and fully exposed because endurance sports for me does it well. 
because you can go deep and you can go dark. Depends on how much you eat and drink and how much your pacing, how good your pacing is. So for me, that's my my easiest vehicle to suffering. And when yeah. I find suffering is when I find peace for me. That's when my brain shuts off. I mean, you, none of your listeners will ever be able to tell that I have an overactive brain by the way I'm talking. I guarantee it. But <laughs> for those that haven't picked up on that yet, it's all over the place. And so for me, but when, when you have to become so hyper-focused on the task directly in front of you because you are suffering so hard, to me, that's a, that's a high. That's my peace. That's when yeah. everything else is quiet but that one task in front of me. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do is trail run at night because you can only see as far as your headlamp is shining in front of you. You can't think about what's eight months down the road. You can't think about the next bend in the trail. You can't think about the race starter. You can't think about, you know, that mountain pass you just went through. You can only see what's right in front of you. And I struggle in life with doing that personally. This is me, I guess, being a little more vulnerable. It's like I greatly struggle with looking at the task in front of me and owning it and completing it to the best of my ability. I'm not a finisher. It's just not how I am. Yeah. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, honest to God, anything I like, I like catching sharks in my kayak right off the coast. That's a ton of fun. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just, anything. We did. It, so, you know, going back and, and talking about, um, the endurance races and different things and, and the challenge, it's weird because I have that psyche too. Like the more that it hurts while you're doing it and the more of the struggle is, it makes the end game so sweet. We did, there was uh, five of us, um, or actually four of us, sorry. There was only four of the, the fifth guy. He was from Canada and this was um, in in July in COVID really shut everything down in March. And I don't know how we were able to really do this, but he was stuck in Canada. So it was down to four and we did a mountain bike ride from uh, Durango, North Carolina, or Durango, Colorado, to Moab, yeah. and it was six nights, seven days. That's and where you, two, you bike to the huts, right? Yeah, the hut to hut, the San Juan hut system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go San Juan. And it was hard. And when you look at the mileage, you're like, man, you hardly rode anything. It was, we were biking, we were hiking, we were cussing. We were, but every single day, and I remember the very first night I lay down in bed and as my camp, my, my calves are cramping and my hamstrings are cramping. I was like, I cannot believe we've got six more days of this shit. And what did we sign up for? And what do we do? We woke up the next morning and we were all like, okay, we're at peace with this. And then it got better and better and better and better. And then it was, we were hammering it. We were, we were going through and we finished and all the guys, the three of them, they wanted to go and take showers. Like we got to the hotel. We're going to take a shower before we get a beer. I was like, absolutely not. We're going to get a beer. We're going to look like this. And my, we hadn't showered in seven days. And I said, and this is how we're going to be. And we're going to enjoy it. And we did it. And we'll wash all that off later. You know, it's gone. But, it's gone. But it's awesome. Um, and since one of the guys wasn't able to go, they actually gave us his credit. So 
uh, next year we're doing Telluride to Moab, getting on our mountain bikes and going and riding. And these awesome. are a bunch of knuckleheads that just started mountain biking like a year before we did this trip. You know what? And that that's that's the power of the mind, right? Yeah. So here's here's what your listeners don't understand. They heard you just tell a story about that, right? You actually gave them the keys to the kingdom on how to overcome anything they encounter in their life, mm-hmm. right? So remove the mountain biking away from it. You are only focused on that next pedal stroke, that next climb, that next thing. When you got there at the end of the day, you look back and he's like, okay, we came this far. Check the box. Yep. We'll deal with what's around the bend when we get there. I mean, that is ultimately, I cannot package that any better. That is the, the crux of how to accomplish anything in your life. You're going through a shitty spot. Focus on yep. the next step in front of you. Yeah. And the next step. And then next step, stop looking five steps down the road because it's too far for our little pea brains to, to fathom and to actually consume that we will get there. We can, we need to only focus on what's in front. I mean, you just gave the ultimate Holy grail of accomplishing anything. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And, and now you look back, it took me about a month or so to, to go, I'm never doing that again to all of a sudden you start to get excited about it. You're like something in our brain, you know, that's the more that it hurts and the more of a challenge it is, the better, like, give it to me, bring it. Yeah. But that's, that, that's the, that's the beautiful thing. And I just, I think that for a lot of people, they get there in other ways, but for me, it's endurance sports or not even endurance sports, anything moving through space outdoors Mm -hmm. for an extended period of time it could be an hour for somebody that's listening an hour maybe a long time to walk or maybe maybe 25 hours for somebody right or 56 hours for that psycho that i coach but um yeah you know it's it's anything that's going to stretch you from a physical standpoint in an endurance way typically is going to is going to make this up here tick a little bit differently yeah that's what i love about it do you uh do you have any favorite books that you read that you you've read a couple that are like this is I really like this one or Man, you know what I actually have my my bookshelf let me look uh daring greatly that's the Brene Brown one super super okay. super super good uh Matt Fitzgerald is a how bad you wanted it sports psychology uh green lights by Matthew McConaughey if so you have good. not oh, so good dude, dude so did Lester good. tell you about it or did you find it first no I I, I found it it's so, so good. good I'm on like time to have listened to it it's incredibly good yeah I um, told my daughter I was like you you have to download this book go for a walk and just listen to it yes yes and I will give I will give a shameless shout out to, to Mr. Lester here with uh with his book The Missing so mm-hmm. with his book have you read it yep yep so I I, I am a nonfiction dude I right. really like me too stuff. So he's like, and he said, man, I'm writing this book. I'm like, okay, cool. And I know he's, he's a bit torqued up top and I love that about him, but he wrote this book and I was like, you know what? I'll order it. I'll give it a read. I literally could not wait to lay down in the bed the next night to, to read the next. I'm like, oh my God, what yeah. are they going to do while I'm gone? As yeah. if it were like a real world I was in. So seriously, the missing, it's stupid cheap. Go buy the book. If, if yeah. you don't like, I'm not a horror book kind of guy. It's good. But it it's wasn't so like good. gory. You know, when, when people oh. think of horror, they think it's gory and it wasn't gory and and the book can be found you know on amazon so go to amazon amazon in three days i read it in three days i was kind of like you so it was the morning and then um the evening and i used to wake up in the morning at um 350 and um and i would read i would read for an hour until i 
I listened to the podcast, one of Joe Rogan's podcasts. He had this guy on, he was a neuroscientist and he was talking about the importance of sleep and like seven hours was the minimum amount of sleep that a person is supposed to get or else you're the walking dead. And I was like, shit, I don't want to be the walking dead. So I adjusted everything, but I'm, I've lost my reading time because during the day, I feel like I'm not being productive if I sit there and I read. And then all of a sudden it's like squirrel, 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 leaf, squirrel. And I'm all over the place. But um, yep. but yeah, that that book was great. And Green Lights is fantastic. I actually I reached out on Instagram, you know, because Matthew and I are we're buds on Instagram. And I asked him I, if he wanted to be on the podcast. He hasn't answered me yet, but I'm, I'm sure he'll get he'll get back to you. He'll get back to me. Uh, he just doesn't know what he's missing out on, right? Hundred <laughs> um, percent. And the, the last one I'll add is a book I just recently picked up at like a half price bookstore. So I grew up I grew up as a baseball fan, uh, and Cal Ripken Jr. was kind of the Iron Man of baseball, right? He went mm-hmm. like twenty six hundred straight games without ever missing a game or something incredible. So he wrote a book, and it's called Just Show Up, and it's got it's got some baseball stories in it, but there's a lot of life lessons about just stepping into the batter's box, like. Just putting yourself, one of my favorite quotes is, is Roosevelt with the man in the arena. Like, just get your ass in the arena. Fight the battle yeah. when you get there. But you, just like for you, you, you had to open the gates to the Coliseum to go into the podcast arena. Yeah. You thought the arena was scary. You thought the arena had all this crazy stuff and thousands of people in this fa- instance. If you're like me, I've got about two podcast downloads per episode. And I think both of my mom because, well, she struggled with technology. But um, <laughs> Uh, so nobody's really paying attention. So just talk anyway. Right. Yeah. But you had to open the doors to enter the arena. And that's what I like so far about that book is it's just a reminder to like, just show up, Yeah. Just show up tomorrow and see what happens. Just, just show up to that meeting. Just show up to this podcast. Just show up in your relationship, like be there, see what yeah. happens. Yeah. And you know, so the next step is actually to do, um, a podcast where it's just me talking. Yep. That one, I haven't wrapped my head around it yet. That is, that. so my, ment- my mental mastery started like that. Uh-huh. Uh, I, did, I did a couple solo. I've had, I think, four different podcasts. And the very first one I did solo was really hard. Yeah. And, and much, like, much like yourself, like for me, I don't have a problem talking, as you can tell. But when I leapt into the video space, because I recognized that's where I needed to be, I needed to be putting out content, videos, things like that. I taught myself how to how to do uh, Premiere Pro to edit these videos. Seeing myself on camera was so painful. Hearing myself speak was so painful. But I recognized it as I stopped thinking about myself and being self-centered with that and recognized that I do have an ability to impact people's lives. I am, I am ultimately wasting my skill set and gift to the world if I don't open my mouth and talk. If yeah. I don't share the word, if I got, if it's through video, cool. If it's through whatever, through podcast. Uh, but that first one is when you don't have anybody to bounce ideas off of as a podcaster and you're just kind of like, well, uh, here, here we are. Thanks. Yeah. Listening. I'm sure yeah. this is great. Right. <laughs> uh, Listen, it's trips in the gym. How, yeah. how do you get to lift the 45 pound dumbbell? We well, just start with the five and you go yep. to the 10, you go to the 15, just reps in the gym and it gets you stronger. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's the whole thing that we've been talking about since the beginning of this podcast is it's scary shit. It's scary to, to step out there and out of your comfort zone. And, and I'm a pretty extroverted kind of guy. I'm not the extrovert that will cold call everybody and do things like that, but I'll walk up to you and, and say hi and talk and, and different things. But yeah, man, to, 
to put myself on video or to, to start and just talk on a podcast by yourself. Whew. Scary so stuff. Here, in, in front of all your listeners right now, with them as my witness, my challenge to you is to, after every podcast you do with a guest, you're, I've been seeing you making notes the whole time, every podcast, or you, every podcast you do with a guest, do a two to three minute recap podcast and release it in between now and the next podcast. Very simple, very short, but it's you taking what you learned from that moment, what you personally took away from the guest and you sharing saying, Hey, he said this, or he experienced that, or they said this, or they experienced that. I, I, that hit me because of a, B and C and it's literally two or three minutes that practices your craft. Yeah. Uh, that gets you, that gets you more comfortable with just talking by yourself. But additionally, from a business perspective, because I'm a marketing-minded guy, that creates content. So if you recap this podcast, and it's a two-minute recap, that mm -hmm. could be a teaser you send out on social media. Here's, here's my, my business development background. That's a teaser you send out on social media, which is going to drive more listens to this podcast. Because they may not want to listen to the full hour of me just not shutting my trap. But if they go, wow, he took that from that? Shit, that's me. I need to listen to that. Yeah. And I am then going to share that second podcast from you out to my people ah yeah so you do right. you do that recap after the podcast airs or before i don't do any of it. that's just advice <laughs> no I, this is free coaching i've gotten free coaching right now yeah absolutely so no okay. you should do it yeah you should so uh, typically you would like as soon as we hang up and we disconnect you yeah. stop fire back up and because it's heat of the moment say whatever you took away from that good bad or indifferent what did you learn what did you wish you would have said what did you you wish you would have expanded on literally two, three minutes and then post our podcast today or whenever your schedule is give yep. it two or three days, pre-plan it, set it in the system, post it as a two minute, you know, recall to recap. You yeah. Know, Rob's recap or something. Rob's, Rob's recap. recap, whatever. Awesome. Love hey, you it. See this? The, those that are listening can't see this, but that's me dropping a mic. Boom. Love but I think it. that that will help you grow and that'll help you get your content out there. And now you have two podcasts coming out for the price of one. Yep. So you're going to, you're going to be able to reach more people. And it'll be something that I, as a, as someone here that has a message to share, I'll share both those out to my network. Yeah. And then what will that do? That will grow your network out to my yep. people. Yeah. Right? And it's networking and it's good. And it's a good thing to, cause then you have purpose is something to talk about just on the mic by yourself. Correct. Which is, good, not sitting there which going, is the start. Right. Yeah. Hey, For everybody. Sure. Hey guys. Where's your trip this summer? Where are you going? Oh, man. Uh, so we're leaving plan. out uh, a little bit after Memorial Day weekend, and we're going to drive up through Colorado. Every summer we go to the mountains. We live in Houston. Okay. We go to the mountains. We'll go up through Colorado, um, going through some area we haven't been through before. We're going to end up at Mount Hood doing a 50K on June 12th. Okay. Uh, they're at Mount Hood, and then we're going to drive from there up to Olympic National Park. So we got a nice. camper, and I've got a lifted truck, and we're going to overland and backcountry camp and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, Olympic National Park for, I think, four or five days. San Juan Islands for my wife's birthday, hoping to see some whales and orcas and we'll drive across into glacier national park in montana and then we'll yep. work our way back down into colorado so five five to ten weeks we'll be on the road oh oh I know. that's awesome so so you see but your reaction right there i fought it for a long time your reaction right there is exactly why we started our youtube channel and i'm gonna do the live streaming stuff because man i get it like we're so fortunate we mm -hmm. work hard to get where we're at but we're so fortunate to have the opportunity to take that much time away from our physical home and work on the road or she's off work. And yeah. so I recognize that. And I want to make sure that I'm not wasting that opportunity. Hopefully we'll generate a video or a Twitch live stream from our travels 
that someone like you will see and go, Oh my God, I did not realize it was that beautiful. Like yeah. hey, put this on our list. This is a, this is a trip. I mean, yeah. when we go in the summer, we literally have two to three or maybe even four quote unquote lifetime or bucket list trips that we do in one summer. Like people want to go to Yellowstone. Well, we've been there. I've been to Grand Teton three times. Like we go places and we have that for- fortunate experience that I am not a look at me type person, Rob. I'm not a, hey, I've got this cool car. Hey, we get to do this. I want to share the experience so that other people can then make their decision on, is that an experience they want to have? Yeah. And that's why we're going to live stream it, you know, while we're driving and answer questions and show, you know, do videos of where we're at and just, we want to share our journey is what we want to do. That's awesome. In in hopes of inspiring someone else to maybe step their journey up or start a journey, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I like, cause people, you know, sometimes they get, they get stuck in where they want to go. And, oh, um, oh. and a lot of people, you know, kind of watch the way, you know, where my wife and I travel and we go to a lot of places and, and we head out West and, um, we're going to Idaho. I've never been to Idaho. So we're going to do catch them. So we're going to stay kind of in the center, do catch them Idaho and stay yep. out there for about 10 days and check it out. And, um, but, but no, I think that's great. And I think people love that. I do. So yeah. if I love and, it, then everybody you know, should probably. And that's the, and that's the point of that JB inspires, right? Is I want to have a bunch of different things that whether you're an athlete in the fitness, whether, I mean, literally Sunday, I did a live stream on Twitch, which is the, I'd go to twitch.tv and it's JB inspires. I did a live stream on Sunday where I sat there for an hour and a half and I, I did my job. I built training plans for athletes in real time. Some of my athletes came on because they want to understand the science behind it. They want to understand, they want to see behind the curtain, right? So that would mm-hmm. be like me getting to watch you as a, as a realtor at your home doing the stuff that nobody really sees happen. They just know, oh, I bought a house. Yeah. Well, all this other shit's got to happen. Here's, here's me doing research on MLS. Here's me contacting this realtor. Here's like that type stuff to me is interesting. And so I want to, I'll do stuff like that to inspire fitness people, I'll do stuff where we're, we're traveling to inspire people just to live a little more. And, and you know what? Just, just go. Go do That's something. That's awesome. Even if it's That's just awesome. the weekend. So, well, I think people are done listening to us babble on. I think we could babble on for another couple hours. We could. Um, but okay, how do people find you? Give your plugs. Uh, well, definitely do not look in the police blotter. You will not be happy with what you see there. But yep. um, JB Inspires on Twitch um, and Mental Mastery MM on Instagram, on Facebook, Mental Mastery YouTube channel. Uh, and then my wife and I, we're going to do the, the, the travel one, which is going to be, um, on the move again. Okay. On the move again on YouTube. We just dropped our first video. We'll be recording some more this weekend, literally showing, I literally showed myself, uh, installing a step, a bed step on my truck. So there's gonna be some how to <laughs> stuff. There's going to be some, some best practices. Hey, we've learned this. Guess what? I just broke two awning legs on our, on our ARB awning the other day. So guess what? I got to replace those. Well, I'm a dumbass, And I left the awning out when it was windy and didn't tie it down all the stuff we've always done. Right. Yeah. But things. It's like, Hey, by the way, these are only $10. Why would you not have an extra awning leg with you? You know? So, uh, yeah, you don't think about it until you need it till you break and then it. Then you're like, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get two of those next time. So yeah, no, brother, I appreciate you having me on here today. It was definitely good vibes and good connecting. And, and, you know, I think we're in the same space. You know, I just, I want to see people live. Yeah. I want to see people, especially after last year, I want to see people, not not opening back up, but see people just go and explore and live and test your limits, whether it's fitness or it's vacation or it's family or whatever. Just I want to see people live louder. I think that yeah. ultimately that is my thing, whatever it is to them, whatever volume they want to have. I want to see people live louder 
and I just want to see more people smiling. Nice. And the thing I'll leave you with, when I die, the way that I will be judged, my currency in life, is how many people show up to my funeral to drink my beer and eat my food. Yes. That will be the amount of lives I impacted. It's not because I'm leaving behind a fortune. It's not because I'm, I'm a cool dude. It's not because I'm some pop star or anything like that. It's because I've impacted lives positively. That's where I'm at. That's where I will be. Nice. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. All right. You take care. I've, I've enjoyed it. Take care. Yeah, man. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Beyond Grit with your host, me, Robert Young. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell somebody about it. You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday for another exciting success story of somebody going beyond grit. Until then, take care.